guys mind if we pray one more time? That was a loaded question. There was only one answer. <laughs> Father God, we come before you in prayer. God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would just engulf this house today. Lord, that every heart in here would be ministered to my heart, the hearts of my friends and brothers and sisters, God, that you would just be undeniably felt in this place today. Lord, as we, as we speak today of the joy that we can experience because of your arrival, because of your sacrifice, because of you, God, just be with us, Lord. We thank you so much for the opportunity to gather in your name and to pour over your word. We love you and we thank you and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't even know how to start this morning. I'm going to start with the truth. Um, it's a great spot, right? <laughs> the truth is, is that I had a rough week. And uh, we were just in our prayer meeting uh, a few moments ago and, and I had a little lesson prepared and I felt... I felt organized this week. At the end of the week, I had all of my ducks in a row. I had my slides in in time. I had everything printed out that I needed to have printed out on time, and I just felt gross inside because last weekend, in, in my, my absence here, I went to a retreat, a men's spiritual retreat, and, uh, and I just didn't, I didn't behave in a way that I would behave if I were here. You know, I didn't do anything scandalous, but I just... I got away from my family for a weekend, got away from my church family for a weekend, and I just started acting a fool. And I felt gross about that. And then on top of that, I, uh, I got really upset at one of my friends. I really mad at him and then mad at myself, and, and uh, that just caused turmoil in my heart all week. And I spoke to my wife about it on Monday, so I got, I got back Sunday, and on Monday we we went and run some errands, and she said, well, have you prayed about it? And I, like, resoundingly just said, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to. I, I'm mad, and I want to stay mad. You know, and, I, and, I, and I operated that way for a few days. And then that, that poison just built up, and that disconnection from God built up. And this all took place from a Monday to today, just one week. And I talked to a my friends in the prayer meeting this morning, and they prayed over me. And uh, in truth, I don't even know why I'm sharing this, but I think that maybe sometimes, if you don't know me well, maybe you think that we just, anybody that works at a church or serves at a church just wakes up every day and says, well, oh, God bless it, I just get to serve God today. I just love it so much. Ah, oh, man, how are you doing today? <laughs> Blessed and highly favored. <clears throat> I do not wake up like that every day. In fact, most days that I wake up, I have to remind myself that I have to, that I have to turn it over to God. And I went about one calendar week without turning it over to God, and I felt sick this morning. And I had this message prepared, and I just, I walked, and nobody was here yet. I came and I made the coffee and turned the lights on and turned the heater on, and, and I'm just walking around thinking, like, how, what could I do? to call in sick to church this morning because <laughs> I don't feel spiritually equipped to preach a message of joy. <laughs> so we're going to talk about joy this morning. I don't feel equipped to preach a message of joy because I don't feel joyful. And when I shared that with my friends and they prayed over me, I was reminded that we can have joy in all circumstances. 
even when we fall short, even when we think we've got it all together because you printed all the right things. I don't know. Just wanted to thank you guys for uh, saving a seat for me here in this church, even, even if this is my seat now. You know, a, a lot of years I, I sat right there. And uh, just want to thank you guys. So with that being said, good morning. <clears throat> good morning. We are in the middle of a series right now. We're in week three of a series where we have been discovering the heart of Christmas. And it can be easy to get lost in all the, the gifts and the, the decorations and the distractions and miss the central focus of Christmas. Jesus was born to bring the gifts of, of hope and peace and joy and love. And that is, that is the real reason for the season. The first week we learned that we are offered hope in the middle of our circumstances because of God's faithfulness. We learn that he leads us to hope. We learn that, that he leads us away from the patterns of this world and closer to the righteousness of God, of his righteousness. And we learn that the further that we get from the world, the closer we get to God. And the closer to God we become, the more hope we can have each day, day in and day out. Last week, Chris, uh, Chris walked us through the wonderful gift of peace that Jesus' sacrifice makes available to us. We learned that the peace of God is for everyone. It's for all. We learned that Jesus reconciles us to God, that peace is not only a God-given gift, but it's also one of our God-given purposes. That we are made right with God, ourselves, and others because of Christ. This week... I want to introduce one more aspect of the heart of Christmas, and that is joy. A joy that is ours no matter the circumstances or situations we face. So let's get into it. This is week three. The heart of Christmas brings joy in all circumstances. So here's, here's what we have going on. We've all observed, experienced, felt that the circumstances of life have a way of robbing us of joy. Yeah? Disappointment, frustration, Anger, loss can just drain the life from us. Just drain it. However, Jesus' birth reminds us that no matter how hard life is, we don't have to go through it alone. We talked about this two weeks ago. That my, my interpretation of Old Testament and New Testament God, although they're the same God, is that Old Testament is God above and New Testament is God with God has come to us full of grace and truth, and that should bring us joy. We can trust that Jesus' presence with us will reveal the truth about our lives and at the same time offer us the grace to see things change. The scripture we're going to be in this morning is uh, John 1.14, Romans 5.8, and 1 John 4.9, if you want to bookmark it. If not, no big deal. Well, to, to, to dive into it real quick, I actually, I want to do one of those class participation things again, so sorry if you're uncomfortable with those. I know that I do them on the regular basis, but we're going to do one. So I want to offer you a few different scenarios, and I want you guys to tell me which ones would bring you the most joy. You guys ready? Before, we, before you answer that question, do me a solid. I need everybody in here to just put your hand up. Everybody in here. Just put it up. Put it down. Put it up. 
Put it down. Okay. Now we have proven that we're all capable of participation. Okay? So, now are you ready? If this would make you joyful, raise your hand. If not, keep it down. Here's the first one. You go through the drive-thru, your favorite coffee shop, and, and order your favorite drink, and discover that the car in front of you has paid for it. Joy? Hands up if joy. Hands down if no. Eric doesn't like coffee. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. That was good participation. Okay, next scenario. You wake up on Christmas morning and you find that a fresh blanket of snow has fallen overnight. Joy? Hands up if yes. Hands down if no. Actually, where are the, yeah, these ones right here. They, they lived in the Northeast for a while. So I guess it depends on where you live and how much you had to shovel. So snow might not be magical if you grew up in an area with a lot of snow. And here's the last one. You put on a coat you haven't worn in over a year and you find money in the pocket. Joy? Yes. All right, cool. Maybe, maybe some of you saw these situations as reasons for joy, right? A lot of us raised our hands for some of that. This week's message of joy is, is so important because for many of us, our joy is reflective of situations such as these. Our joy in life is largely connected to the circumstances of our lives. When things are going well, we feel good. When things are going poorly, we feel bad. Our joy ebbs and flows. I believe that one aspect of the heart of Christmas is that Jesus came so that our joy would not have to fluctuate with our environment, but could remain steady as we fix our eyes and hearts on him. In the Gospel of John, um, there's, there's this different perspective of the birth of Jesus. So rather than giving us a, a reiteration with the, the shepherds and the magi and the manger, he gave us this big picture explanation of what took place in Bethlehem, broad strokes. What John wrote is cause for joy no matter what we face in life. John 1.14 reads like this, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now what John described is, uh, is what's commonly referred to as the incarnation. The incarnation was God putting on physical, intangible humanity, becoming one of us. Verse 14 says, The Word became flesh. And the word, word, is capitalized here. And it's because it is the person of Jesus. He is called the Word because he perfectly embodies all of Scripture in human flesh by the way he lived here on earth. When Jesus was born, he was God coming to live among us as one of us, with skin and bone, flesh and blood, one of us. And this passage gives us two reasons for a joy that does not have to change with the seasons or shift with our situations. It, it can be a constant in our lives and a grounding attitude in the face of, of all the world when it has to offer all the world has to offer. We can have joy because God came to us. We can have joy because God came to us. A common misconception people might carry around with them is, 
is that to be reunited with God in right relationship with him, we must, uh, we got to work super hard to be perfect or to strive to, to make our way to him. And one of the greatest thieves of joy in our lives is this thinking. It's the thinking that we can never be good enough to get to Jesus. We are broken and flawed people who hurt others, who have been hurt by others. We make mistakes and we live selfish lives. And if we are relying on our own abilities to earn a connection with God, we will always be disappointed. Many times, life can look like a disaster from our perspective. This last week for me was a bit of a disaster. It can be hard for us. It can be, it can be hard for us to find reason for joy in our circumstances. However, if we look past our circumstances, we can see God coming near to us like, like he did that first Christmas when God became God with us. To let us know that he's making something of our lives when we are tempted to feel hopeless. Joy is at the heart of Christmas because knowing that we could never make it to him, God came to us. I don't do a bunch of religious study or anything like that, but if we're to, if we're to mark this as a religion and not just faith in Jesus, I want to point out that this is the only religion where the deity does what is necessary to unite with humanity. And Paul emphatically makes this statement in the book of Romans as, as he insists we can only be saved through Jesus. Romans 5, 8 reads like this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For Paul, there was no naughty or nice list that we have to work hard to escape or to earn the gift of God's grace is offered to us generously without price because we could never afford it on our own. We could never earn it on our own. And, and while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is why the people that we read about in the narrative of the nativity story are so overjoyed at Christ's arrival. From the shepherds in the field to Simeon at the temple because the long-awaited arrival of the Messiah meant that God had finally come to rescue us. The second reason joy can be a constant reality for us in our lives is because of how much God loves us and is committed to our transformation through his power. God loves us just as we are and loves us too much to leave us that way. I'm going to say that one again. God loves us just as we are. He loves us all the way, all the time. And he loves us too much to leave us as we are. Looking further into John chapter 1, we find the, the author telling his readers that it is through Jesus that we see the glory and fullness of God. His arrival among us should fill us with joy because not only did God, did, did God come close to us, but he came because he loves us. I know that I, I mention this pretty frequently. I struggle with it pretty frequently. Do you realize... Think of this individually, for yourselves, not as a group. Do you realize that you are loved by God? 
Do you, Mel, realize that you are loved by God? Do you, Jonathan, realize that you are loved by God? Not just tolerated, but loved. Deeply loved. In fact, John says that this love that God has for us is like that of a father for his children. Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth. And this is key to understanding our second reason for this abiding joy. When Jesus came to us, he came full of grace. And the Greek word for grace here is charis. Charis, charis. I don't know it's Greek. I don't speak Greek. It's actually like the root part of the word charisma, where we get the charismatic movement in in, in the Pentecostal church. And it's the kind of, uh, the word means, it's, it's, it's a kind of generous gift of God to those who believe in him. And it's demonstrated through his acts of love, mercy, compassion, sacrifice, and salvation. Caris is embodied in the person of Christ. God's grace manifested in Christ makes it possible for us to receive the Father's unmerited benefits. And these benefits enrich our lives and unite us in the body of Christ. It's God's blessings on the undeserving And it gives us a new standing as the children of God. As members of his eternal family. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about that reality shift. How reality changed the moment that Christ came to us. It gives us a new standing as the children of God, members of his eternal family. So this gift of Jesus is grace from God. We haven't earned it. We don't deserve it, but God offers it to us. And when we recognize it, it fills us with joy, regardless of the circumstances. God loves us just as we are and loves us too much to leave us that way. Jesus also came to us. What was the other word? Grace and truth. Jesus also came full of truth. And the word John uses here is the word aletheia, which means something like divine reality revealed to man. It's something that we didn't know before. It's something that we couldn't receive because we didn't even know it. We couldn't comprehend it. It's a divine reality revealed to you and I. And Jesus holds grace in one hand, And that allows us to be accepted into his family. And on the other hand, he holds truth. And that shows us the area of our lives that must be transformed to live the fullest life possible. Life to the full. 1 John 4.9 illustrates this idea as well in saying, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. The author here insists the reason Jesus came to us and manifested his his love among us is because he desires for us to have life through him. And in order for this to happen, it requires the gift of truth and grace. The joy that we can receive, joy, is a result of grace. Grace is a word that shows up pretty frequently in church. It shows up in my household a lot. I am a great recipient of grace. Well, the reason that it shows up so frequently in church is is that it's 
It's the way in which we are able to live with that joy. I have two boys, a five-month-old and a 10-year-old. And as a father, I can, I can deeply identify with how grace and truth lead to joy. Not too long ago, I'm going to keep this kind of vague because some of my mentors have uh, advised me to, to not share too much detail and to stop talking about my wife. Um, so I'm talking about my son this morning. Not long ago, my son got into some trouble at school, and we received a phone call from the office. I had not met the new principal yet, so that was cool. And it turns out that he and some friends had been daring one another to, we'll just say, to do stupid things. He and some friends had been daring one another to do stupid things, and, and my son accepted a dare. He accepted a dare to do one of those stupid things, and, uh, and that stupid thing landed him in the principal's office. And a little while later, I picked him up from school, and I could tell that he was, he was terrified about what was about to happen. And that was partly because he had stewed all day on wondering how I would react to his mistakes and shortcomings, and partly because I haven't always had the best reactions or responses. And after he got into the car and he told me what happened, and, and after I gave him a pretty intense lecture on decision-making, I said, little sir, I love you. This can't happen again. But I'm thankful that you had the opportunity to learn this lesson now, and not later when the stakes were higher. And he looked at me through teary eyes and he said, I, re I really thought you were going to be angrier about this. And then I reminded him of the, the grace that we've been given by God. And I said, I am showing you grace. Out of my love for you, I forgive you. Out of my love for you, I'm telling you that you can choose to do better as you go forward. That's that transformative process. That God loves us just as we are, but loves us too much to leave us that way. And the look on his face changed to relief and then to joy. Because even though he had failed, his dad didn't love him less. Let's tie this together. Our Father in heaven sent Jesus to a manger in Bethlehem because he wanted him to dwell among us to demonstrate his amazing grace and life-changing truth. We can experience joy in our lives no, no matter the circumstances because we can be confident in knowing that God is with us and that God is for us. That he loved us while we were still sinners, that he loves us still even when I fall short even when you fall short. Charles Spurgeon said something to this effect about joy. He said, there is marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. 
One dolorous spirit brings a kind of plague into the house. One person who is wretched seems to stop all the birds from singing wherever he goes. But the grace of joy is contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. It's Christmas, and it's my prayer that, that you come to find it at the heart of this holiday a deep and abiding joy because of the love of God, of the sacrifice of Jesus, a joy in knowing that it holds the power to change us and change the world. As I was prepping this message, so very frequently I think about those two other characters on the cross, crosses next to Jesus. I, l- I love, Paul, that you, what you shared this morning. You know, I, I have a, a similar situation going on in my life, too, with, with a local up here in trying to share the gospel before it's too late. He is also on hospice. And you know, we just don't get to know. We just don't get to know if they received the gospel, you know? But it's our our charge to share it. And I think about that thief on the cross. I think about that that last moment when he had a change of heart and he just asked Jesus, remember me. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And that's a cause for joy. That's a cause for joy in my life today not just a cause for a, an emotional story that I read from Scripture that, that makes me happy because it's a nice story. But it gives me joy because I know that there are those that need to receive the gospel and I'm not going to get to know if they did. But it doesn't matter if they're well-versed in Scripture. It doesn't matter if they go to church. It doesn't matter if they were part of a Bible study or were in service to a nonprofit or some kind of a charity. It doesn't matter any of the works. All it requires is believing that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and committing your life to them, Him. That is a cause for joy for me. We have the benefit because of the scripture that we have in our hands and our phones and our iPads and our Bibles. We have the benefit of knowing how the story ends. And sometimes to understand the beginning of a story, you have to know the end of the story. The beginning, when Christ came to us and became Emmanuel, God with us, is fortified by my knowledge that he conquered death. That he conquered death. It's fortified by the knowledge that he said that Whosoever believe in me 
shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. I will never dismiss the value and importance of Scripture. But please, friends, don't get lost in the works, but get lost in the joy of Christ. Get lost in the joy of what He has given to us freely. Will Scripture help sharpen you to better share the gospel, to better correct your life's course? Absolutely. It is an unparalleled tool. But it's not what gets you into heaven. What gets me into heaven is that Jesus said, you can come if you, if you just say that you believe in me and that I'm the Lord of your life. That is, that is a cause for overwhelming joy in my life. And it should be a cause for overwhelming joy in your life. I know that there are those in this room today that have people in their lives, friends, loved ones, and you're worried. Are they going to pass to the other side of the veil before they receive the gospel? All we can do is the footwork to share it. And we know that Jesus will do the miracle. As we close out this series over the next week, I just want to keep reminding you guys that the love, the joy, the peace, the hope that come with Christ, these are the reasons for this Christmas season. Let's pray. <laughs>